0: amen. You know, there is, there's nothing that I know of that's more difficult to preach about, perhaps other than the cross and the blood than the altar. I guess because I feel so woefully inadequate to preach about that, but I know that. That's where we need to be right now. I'm not preaching condemnation to this church. I believe you love God. But I do feel like God is trying to get us reconnected with our altar. I believe more than anything else tonight that that is the key to everything we desire this year. And it is not easy, it's not comfortable. Um, though preaching about the altar is never an easy task it is a needed task and I am going to preach about it again tonight and I pray preach myself into it because that's where we all need to be I am aware that my preaching is a little old fashioned I understand that I'm not saying that for you to do that. I I do date myself many times in my preaching. I guess most people would call it old school. And old school is not real cool in the culture that we live in. But I've discovered this about God. That the thing that brings revival, the thing that produces a breakthrough, is never cool it's costly amen it costs something and when you're willing to pay the price God has blessings that you and I cannot even imagine so if you will for a few moments and I will not be lengthy tonight Ezra again chapter 3 verse number 2 And verse number three. Then stood up Joshua the son of Josh and his brethren, the priest, and Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, and his brethren, and builded the altar of the God of Israel to offer burnt offerings thereon, sin offerings as it was written in the law of Moses, the man of God. Verse 3 said, And they set the altar upon his bases. The original translation said that they set the altar upon its original foundation. I want to read from the book of Zechariah. Zechariah, the fourth chapter. And I want to read from the New Living Translation, beginning with verse number six. Then he said to me, the Lord speaking, This is what the Lord says to Zerubbabel. It is not by force, nor by strength, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of heaven, army. Nothing, not even a mighty mountain will stand in Zerubbabel's way. It will become a level plain before him. And when Zerubbabel sets the final stone of the temple in place, the people will shout, may God bless it, may God bless it. All of this came as a result of what we read in Ezra chapter 3 of his involvement in rebuilding the altar. And God said, it is not by might nor yet by power, but by my spirit, your King James Version. Most importantly is what God said to Zerubbabel about what was before him. There is no mountain that can stand before you. There is no mountain that can stop you. It will become a level plain before you. When you set the final stone of the temple in place, there's going to be a shout from God's people, may God bless it, may God bless it. And then another message came to me from the Lord. Zerubbabel is the one who laid the foundation of this temple and he will complete it. Then you will know that the Lord of heaven's army has sent me. Do not despise these small beginnings for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin, to see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand. Praise God. Never despise the day of small things because God rejoices in beginnings. Amen. The priority of the time. Would you say that with me? The priority of the time. I want you to join hands with your neighbor, with your friends. and Let's pray together right now. Father, in the next few minutes, I'm asking you to do something in this place that will lift us, draw us, convict us, stir us, that we will not be the same. God, I am hungry for you. I am hungry for more of you. I want your revelation. I want your manifestation in this place. I want your anointing on this house. I want that anointing that not only breaks a yoke, but it will destroy a yoke. I want your blessings, Lord. I want your favor. And I am asking you tonight to help direct us, lead us back to that place where we need to be, that place of beginnings, that priority that should be above everything else in our lives. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. Amen. You may be seated. There is nothing that I have found in God that does not come with some kind of thirst and hunger. There is nothing that I have discovered of his truth and the revelation of his word that did not come from a desire that was in my own heart. Diligence is something that God responds to. I understand that preaching of an altar does not fit in the modern culture that we live in very well, but let me remind you tonight, church, that whether we like it or not, What we are involved in in this place tonight still involves and is about a holy God. And I don't care how you massage that word or how you try to tone it down so it doesn't seem so offensive. You cannot separate holiness from God and you cannot take God from holiness. And if there's anything that God desires of me tonight is to understand who he is and fall in love with who he is. He is a holy God and he has called you and I to be a holy people that will resemble and reflect him in every measure. Amen. As much as we might not like it, we are still connected to a cross. And we are still connected to blood. I know there are many churches and congregations and denominations that have eliminated that word because it is too offensive. It is too abrasive. It is, it's too upsetting. But let me tell you that salvation cost a price that was very upsetting. That nothing that Jesus Christ did for you and I came without a great price. And if he was willing to pay that price, then I need to be willing to live the life that he paid the price for. Somebody ought to clap their hands and give him praise tonight. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There never has and never will be a revival that does not initiate the rebuilding of altars. We cannot have revival without that. I am challenging you. I am challenged myself tonight to start a revival by rebuilding your altar. Amen. Reconnect to those consecrations and the dedications and the commitments that have brought us to where we are tonight. The priority of this hour is essential for us to grasp and attach ourselves to, and that is the need for the altar in this place and the results of what that altar can produce If you have walked away from your altar or you feel it is no longer important, I implore you tonight... Go back and revisit that because there is nothing that will produce revival any quicker and there is nothing that will bring the favor of God upon this place any quicker than a man that goes back to an altar and lays himself on that altar and cries out to God from that altar. God will move when we do that. Amen. To secure the blessings of God. Israel went back to the original terms of their occupation of the promised land. They acted on the conviction by building again this altar that their worship to God according to his commandments was critical to the success of their life. Listen to me, church. I am sick and tired of trying to manipulate and produce something that is only man-made. I am not interested in what we can do. I am more interested in what he can do in this place. The kind of church that we need is not manufactured. The kind of church we need is that which comes down from another world and kisses this place with its glory and changes our lives and transforms us into new creatures in Christ Jesus. Amen. The surest way that I know to find the help of God is to get back to an altar, to find that place where I can call upon him. If I want to regain lost ground, And I am convinced tonight there were a lot of things that we may have gained this last year. But for some, there are some valuable things that have been lost. They've been misplaced. They've been laid aside. The surest way to regain that is to rebuild your altar. Reconnect yourself to that place because it's important to God. Amen. It's important to God. This is where it starts at the altar. I'm not as, I'm not interested in creating a church environment that appeals to me. I'm not interested in creating a church culture that is me friendly. Now you may just decide tonight to change your membership. We'll go right ahead. What I am interested in is not creating a culture or a climate that is me-centered, but one that God said, oh, that's where I want to be. That's where I'm going to come. I want his Shekinah glory to fill this place. I want stuff to happen in here that we cannot explain, that you cannot plan it or program it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Beautiful edifices and choreographed services and silver-tongued orators have never, will never, can never produce the revival that our world needs. They may create another Starbucks culture but they're not going to create another Pentecost. If you want a Pentecost, you're going to have to find an altar. You're going to have to find a place to go back and get reconnected to the power and the power source. Religion without righteousness is not appealing to me. I'm not interested in having a form of godliness, but not knowing anything of the power thereof. I don't want a church that is shadow but no substance. I don't want to come to a church that is pretense but no power. I am not interested in coming where there are clouds but no water. I want there to be a rain to fall in this place. I want when the clouds come, I don't want them to just look like clouds. I want them to be real, Holy Ghost-filled, Spirit-filled clouds of rain that will fall on this place because somebody has built an altar and somebody has gone back to the place of beginnings and said, this is where it must begin. Amen. The altar for Israel was a place of atonement. All of us, all of us, all of us need a place to bring our sins and our failures. None of us have made it yet. Many of us, are still struggling with things that we have struggled with for years. But we're still struggling. You know what? The best thing to do with a person like that or an issue like that is just stay close to an altar. Stay connected to an altar. Because you may stumble next week, but right now God's going to empower you to go on in the strength that only he can give. And you will go on in that power only if you have an altar to go to. Amen. There are some things that never will grow obsolete. And the altar is one of them. You cannot improve on what the altar was designed to do and what it was meant to be in our lives. It's a place where we can repent. Amen. It's a place where we can find atonement. It's a place where we can make amends, where we can reconcile. I am so thankful that we have been given the spirit of reconciliation. Not only with us in God, but we can have that among ourselves. You know where the best place I know of to take care of personal problems between you and somebody else in the church? Not on Facebook. The best place to take care of those issues is at the altar. It's bringing first of all yourself and then bringing your issue there. It's amazing what God can deal with and take care of in an altar service. That you have been struggling with for weeks and months. It's amazing how God can reconcile and He can bring hearts back together. That until they came to the altar, they wouldn't even speak to one another and they wouldn't even look at one another and they went out different doors in the church so they didn't have to contact one another. But when you find that person in an old fashioned altar, there's something that can happen on the inside. There's something that God can do in the Spirit that will make you love everybody. Amen. It will make you love everybody, even the people you think you'll never be able to love. For Israel, the altar was a place of sacrifice. It was a place that they brought their offerings. They sacrificed. You know what that word means? We need to read. Discover the meaning of sacrifice. I need to rediscover the meaning of sacrifice. I need to go look it up in the dictionary. I need to ask God to help me have a new revelation of what sacrifice is. Most importantly, I need to lay myself on that altar. Because when I keep myself on the altar, it's amazing how well I get along with people. It is amazing how the enemy 's tricks to try to to, to to trip me up and cause me to fail just glance off of me like they they, they, they don 't they don't even penetrate they don 't even get through it 's amazing when i put myself on the altar, what God can empower me to withstand and what he can give me the strength to overcome when I learn the power of getting back to an altar. Amen. it was a place of blessing. You know, I don't know of anybody that doesn't want to be blessed, but we try to manufacture our own blessings. We, We try to... Make it look like we're blessed and we're favored, and we 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 become professional puppeteers. We keep all the parts moving. We got the facade on. We've got all of the 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 the, the looks, and everything goes perfect. And you know you can deceive people, but God doesn't. <laughs> God, God's not deceived by all of my chicanery. He's not impressed with all of my sleight of hand. He knows what I am, and he knows where I am, and he knows how long it's been since I've really had an altar visit. Amen. Anybody remember a real altar visit where you, you, you left broken? and humbled, and hungry, and thirsty. And, and, and it didn't matter what anybody said. It didn't matter what anybody did. It didn't matter what happened. Something happened in that altar that moved you and changed you. I, I want to see some changes in some people's lives this year. Some of you that's been sitting on our pews and going through all the motions, I want to see some changes. I want to see you involved in worship. And, and you say, well, I'm not the demonstrative type. Oh, yes, you are. Just let the right thing happen, and there's demonstration in every one of us. Oh, Yeah. Somebody just hadn't figured out how to push your button yet, but God wants to get you back involved. He wants to see something pulsating from the end. Oh, God, I need you tonight. I want to be close to you. I want to help somebody find you. I want to be a voice. I want to be a witness. I want to be a light. An altar was a place that they brought their offerings of thanks. Many of us, I feel like, Limit the things that God would do in our life because we are not thankful for what He does do. We act like we deserve it. You know what I want? When I this is what I've learned. When I stay around the altar, I'm thankful for the little things in life. I am appreciative. I I I, I learned to curb my tongue. I love it. I. I we were talking today and there's a book out evidently we need we might need to do it as a church project what's the name of it about uh, curbing the criticism amen curbing the, the the caustic the the tongue bringing not 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 just going through life and and, and just saying whatever you wanted to say, or are saying whatever comes to mind. Well, you know that's just me. I just speak my mind. We need to we need to learn how to curb that. And we need to let there be a thankfulness that comes from our lips that we're here. The fact that we made it through 2019, 2018, 2017, we could have been washed away. Our church could have been destroyed. We could have been down to nothing. But here we are tonight looking at a new future, looking at a brighter promise. All because God has been good to us. Oh, we've got to praise Him and we've got to learn how to thank Him for the multitude of His blessings that come on us every day. Praise God. I'm going to hurry to a close. Ezra chapter 3 makes an important statement about their rebuilding. It just seemed to speak to me when I was reading through this over the last few days and weeks. The Bible said that when they went to rebuild, they went back to the original foundation. Now I want you to imagine with me, if you would, what that setting must have been like. It was not clean like this floor is right here. It was not pristine. There was debris and rocks that were piled up. And after 70 years, I can't even imagine what had accumulated in the place where the altar was. But this is what I envisioned in the Spirit that when they came to that point of rebuilding, Somebody said, you know what? We don't need to try a new kind of altar. We don't need one without sacrifice. We don't need one without repentance. We don't need one without blood involved with it. Let's make sure that we're not looking for an updated version of the altar." a more culturally cleansed altar where there's not as much blood and there's not as much giving and there's not as much this or that. They went back to the original foundation. If you're going to rebuild the altar, I'm going to tell you right now, you better listen to this simple preacher. You cannot improve on what God has already given. You cannot come up with a better altar. You cannot come up with a better way. You cannot come up with a better plan than what he has given to us. And I can see them, they're down on their hands and knees and they're pushing stuff. And they're what are you doing? I gotta get back to the foundation. Now, oh, you you could build it right. There, there's a place over here that's there's not as much debris over there. Yeah, you might build one over there, but that's not where God built the original one. And they kept digging through all of that, moving these rocks. You see, building and rebuilding altars is costly. It's going to take some effort. You're going to have to find yourself pushing some debris out of the way, some stuff, some clutter that you've allowed yourself to accumulate there and say, well, you know, this looks pretty good. You know, synthetic. I mean, they can make it look so real that it fools even the experts sometimes. I'm not interested in a synthetic Holy Ghost. I'm not interested in synthetic healing. I'm not interested in synthetic deliverance. I want the real stuff. Hallelujah. And if you want the real power of the Holy Ghost... And not something that you can manufacture in a room with a few clicks of the keyboard and putting everything in place and make sure the lights are right and the mood is set and the crescendo is here and the descend is there. And we make all of these movements so that we can play on people's emotion because we haven't been to the altar long enough to realize that the real power of the Holy Ghost is the only thing that will move somebody and produce what we need in our church and bring the revival that we must have. Somebody has to get back to an altar. Somebody's got to go back to the original foundation. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord and give him praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Stand with me if you will. Amen. Amen whatever the cost, whatever the price, whatever it takes. Greater Life Church, I'm asking you to join with me and let's reconnect to the altar. Amen. Reconnect to the altar. The prayer, the supplication, the humbling, Something happens when we do that. Man, Sister Kennedy shared with me this morning something that the Lord had given to her over the last few weeks and she shared it with her family on Saturday. And it involved the altar. What happens after judgment had come upon the earth? and the floods had washed the iniquity the sin and purged and cleansed and all that remained was noah and his family and when he disembarked from that ark the very first thing that he did he built an altar and the bible says that the smell rose up before God the the incense of that sacrifice rose up before the Lord and the Lord said I will never destroy this earth by flood again do you understand that things that happen in the altar are so powerful I know some of you are probably going to have a hiccup when I tell you this. But God altered what he had already done so it would never happen again because of what somebody did at an altar. That's how powerful that altar is, that's how important it is in our life that when we understand that's where our life is, that's where our strength is, that's where our future is, that's where our hope is everything we desire for that new building is going to come through an altar we're not going to fill it up we're not going to see great revival and souls and all of the things that we all believe for by playing, pretending, acting. We're going to have to be connected. We're going to have to know what it is to humble ourselves before God's mighty hand. Praise God. Praise Praise God. God. Don't give up just because it's a little tough. I will tell you right now, That rebuilding is tough. It's difficult. It's challenging. There's a lot of distractions. There's a lot of opposition. But if you will do it, the dividends, the outcome, what what that will produce. We can't even imagine the revival, the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. You know what? I prayed this New Year's Eve or New Year's service night when we had prayer. And I prayed it a few days before God. I want to see the miraculous in this place. I'm not talking about a maybe, I'm not talking about a hopeful. I'm not talking about, well, you know, it it looked like it. I want to see the genuine, miraculous power of the Almighty God. I want to see services where people get so drunk in the Holy Ghost. They get so intoxicated. We call ourselves Pentecostals. The originals were accused of being a lot of things heretics, drunks. Amen. I want that kind of power for this church. It's not going to come from a cute little sermonette. And I know that. And it's not going to come from you being a saint at either. Some of us have been doing it so long, it's become old hat. We just go through the motions. We don't even think about it. Go through the ritual. You know what the Lord's been convicting me about? Is that you can be around all the right stuff. And yet, you can miss what he's really up to. Just being around it isn't enough. I've got to be reconnected to it. I want to get plugged back in spiritually. You say, well, I don't feel like I'm unplugged. Well, come and help me get plugged back in. Amen. I don't feel like my altar's broken down. No, it may not be broken down. It just hasn't been visited. I'm talking about really visited. I asked you a while ago, does anybody here remember an altar night that altered your life? (laughs) Do you remember an altar night that altered your life? That when you left there, nothing was ever the same from that day forward. That's what we need. That's what we've got to have. That's what I'm hungry for. That's what I'm asking you to be hungry for. God, help me to understand where it begins. It begins at the altar. It's not easy. It's agonizing. The flesh hates it. The flesh despises it. My flesh doesn't want it. My flesh wants to go do something else, but my spirit is saying, come on. Come on, that's where it's at. That's where God's at. That's where his glory's at. That's where his miraculous power's at. That's where his is at. Come on, reach out to him right now. Oh, hallelujah.